Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. supermarket delivery with everything for yours and Liv's birthday meal. So obviously my question is, how many people are coming? It's just well, the four of us, obviously. Why so much food, Eva? It's always the case, isn't it? We have, you, you cook a meal and there's enough for ten more people. Well, isn't you there? know, I like, well, it's your birthday and we have to kind of try and make it special because of current events and sort of not being able to go out as much as we'd like. But yes, now I've got a whole amazing, brilliant meal planned for you both. We're the Speakmans, married couple, life change therapists, authors and TV therapists. Now we share a lot in life. We share a surname, a job, but one thing we definitely don't share is an interest in cars. I just don't understand how you don't love cars as much as I do. <laughs> but then again, I don't love Brussels sprouts or handbags. You see, I don't understand that either, Nick. Well, there you go. But anyway, what we do together, we show people how to conquer a whole host of anxieties. So whether it's a particular phobia, panic attacks... OCD, an eating, confidence or relationship issue. Here you can listen in on what others have managed to overcome and you can hear a bit about our unique approach so that you can feel confident about making a change in your life. So take yourself off on a gentle stroll. This is Making the Change. I really hope that you didn't get any Brussels sprouts. Why? Yeah, I know. Well, because, you know, I I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, but you don't have to sleep next to you when you've had loads of them. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, no, I love Brussels sprouts and I love cabbage. I just, I just can't, yeah, oh, I just, just can't. It's all mega, mega stuff. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, how I think that eating and food and obviously we've got Christmas and we've got your birthdays and, you know, how most celebrations, sort of a pinnacle central part of that does always seem to be food. And it does, and do you not think, just while we're going back to Brussels sprouts, that yeah. Brussels sprouts divide people, don't they? Yes, Let's be honest. They seem to. But obviously, I'm on the right team in that I think Brussels sprouts are just. Well, awesome. you think so, but funnily enough, actually, you know, people do like them. And there was a lady that went into the grocers and, and, and said, Can I have a pound of Brussels sprouts? And he said, I'm really sorry, madam, but we don't have any sprouts uh, today. He said, But can I interest you in a cabbage? And she says, no, I'd like a pound of Brussels sprouts. And he said, but I've already told you, we don't have any Brussels sprouts today. Mm. Uh, could I interest you in some broccoli, perhaps? Yeah. And she said, no, I'd like a pound of Brussels sprouts. And he said, but we haven't got any Brussels sprouts. Look, I want a pound of Brussels sprouts. So he's getting really annoyed now. Yeah. He said, can I ask you a question? Have you got any animals? 
And she said, well, what's that going to do with it? He said, just ask me, you know, just answer the question. Are you getting animals? And she said, yeah. He said, right, OK. Can you spell dogmatic? He said, because you've been a bit dogmatic here, aren't you? Can you spell dogmatic or, you know, uh, the first part of it? And she says, yeah, D-O-G. And he says, can you spell the animal that's at the start of catastrophe? Yes, that's C-A-T. And he says, can you spell sod, as in Brussels sprouts? And she said, there is no sod in Brussels sprouts. He said, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Really funny. Yeah, a very long story. Well, to, there you go. I know. I've got to say, I'm going to give you. But a it was boom. a reasonable punchline, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was excellent, yeah. actually. Right. Very, very good. Um, but yeah, no, it's. It's. I mean, I suppose because from my culturally, from obviously from Polish origin, as you know, that everything with us is orientated around food. So if anybody comes into our house, the first thing that I do is I want to I want to feed them and I want <laughs> to sort of cook for them and make food. And I do always. And, and whether I go to you know if we go to my mum's, it's the same, and that we come out with boxfuls of food and things that she's created but I suppose what what you know with Christmas and birthdays and things like this you know what we don't I guess consider is that yes you know I think it's lovely you know sitting around a table it unites people I know that for you and I and, and with our kids having a dinner through the week Monday to Friday or certainly Monday to every Monday to Thursdays the four of us sitting around the table for dinner has always been such a a big and important part of our family life because that's the time you know we're all busy we're all getting on with things we're all doing things that's something we've always done from when when the children were born Uh, and we've always said look whatever we're doing in our day we will always sit around the dinner table and it's kind of our reflection we all reflect on the day and we can it's kind of like our family meeting time because I incidentally I think is is absolutely key in a family in family life is to literally sit down and have family time you know what have you been doing today what's been great about today because sometimes I say we're just so busy we sometimes forget one another and not with intention and then that can lead to some people maybe thinking like we don't care so it's a great great way to bond but just as a thought and just because I've said some of the messages that I've been seeing what about if you have issues around food well food can be stressful well it can the first part of this is the first stress for me is that you buy too much (laughs) and and we end up either giving a lot of it away or throwing a lot of it away which just seems to work so so that's my stress around food however I have had stress around food because I remember then when we went to some friends mm. and oh. they said they were going to make some food. Do you know that can be stressful? Yes, when you but, yeah. well, especially when you're not expecting tongue and jam sandwiches. Oh, my God, I remember. Like, oh, my God, I remember that. Who makes tongue and jam sandwiches? Obviously, some people do. Yeah, We can't so, say who it was, because, but it's no, it was quite but well known. If we, we like, if we go and see what? them again... We always make sure we have a meal before we go. Yeah, we do. And then whatever they're offering, it's like, oh, it's all right, we've just eaten. Yeah, but do you remember? Because we were like, I mean, we dodged a bit. They're like, would you like these? Like, Tongue and jam. We're like, what? But you know what? I was absolutely starving. And I was there, like, no, it's all right, I'm not hungry. Just, yeah, I'm just, not you're hungry, just eating. And I'm hungry, like, yeah. so hungry. I know, and then they gave but, us some to take back with us. <laughs> but I was never hungry enough to actually buy one of them things. But <laughs> <I know. Well, laughs> that, 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 that is true that you don't, that is a, a stress, I guess, when you go to somebody's house and what, if, particularly if you're trying to make an impression you know imagine you you know you're meeting your boyfriends or girlfriends parents for the first time and you go into their house for dinner and and you don't like the food but but equally what if you've got some sort of an issue around food 
food. So, for example, you know, and, and again, something that, that we hear about a lot, people with, with like phobias to food and aversion to certain textures and foods. Yeah. So you've got that kind of element. Then you've got element around eating disorders, whether that be overeating or undereating. And that well, we already be... know I've got an aversion to Brussels sprouts. Yes. And that's one thing that's <laughs> maybe exciting about Brexit. Yeah. No more Brussels. Oh, very funny. Uh, funny, actually, because I saw a tweet um, from somebody the, the other day saying about Brussels yeah. sprouts. They tweeted us and said, can we help them with anxiety for Brussels sprouts because they're evil and cause them huge anxiety. But, you know, it, it's true that there are so many kind of eating disorders that we don't consider. So for those people, how do they feel when it comes to Christmas time or to a family gathering where they might have, issues around so you know like for us we just take it for granted don't we? we're going to sit around the table at christmas we're going to have polish christmas on christmas eve with our pierogi and soup and fish and and all the amazing foods that my mum makes and then on christmas day we're going to do the whole turkey roast potatoes yorkshire pudding kind of thing yeah. and that's like exciting to us but what but, if you can't and how, how, how many that? people do we know well yeah because that's the traditional thing how many people do we know that want of gravy yeah phobia to gravy phobia to brussels sprouts yeah, but well, but like anything the question is where, is, did, it where did it start where did it yeah. come from and and, uh, and there's another condition and it's called arfid actually and that stands for avoidant restrictive food intake disorder now it's a restrictive food intake disorder but it's not because the person's trying to lose weight it's because they physically can't eat the foods and we actually had a message on facebook about this that i wanted to read to you before you mention that message we have worked with a lot of people who have had something stuck in their throat yes and they've been frightened in that moment they're frightened and and they think they're going to choke but they don't yeah but as a result of that then they're frightened of eating solid food, so they just eat soup. How many you, people have we oh seen? No. Are you going? Yeah. Right, see you later. He's taking Hunter. Yeah, he's good. going for his exam. He's, going, he's okay. got what's exam? What's your exam, Hunter? History? Yeah. Okay, well, good luck with it. Good we'll luck. be thinking about yeah. it. We love you, and we're dead proud of all the revision you've put in, darling. We're, we're just talking about, do you remember the tongue and jam sandwiches? Yes. Did you have any? Yeah, that was. Did, did you I have any? Of course I didn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Gross. You, 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 did you? Did I? Oh, okay. Did I pass? No. See you, Hunter. See you, Liv. See ya. Thanks for taking him, okay. Liv. Okay. Um, we're talking about the amount of people that will just eat soup or mash because, because they won't eat what solid food. Correct. So there's that issue. And then you've got people that won't eat certain foods, like specific yes. foods. Or then you've got some people that will only eat really bland food, like this lady that I'm going to read about in a second, because she can only eat, all I eat is rich tea biscuits, toast and chips. And That's I was, an odd combo. Yeah, but do you remember there was, I remember specifically one boy that came to see us, uh, or his mum, I say boy, he was a young man, and, and his mum sent him to come and see us because all he had eaten all his life, and he was in his 20s now, was chips and fromage fray. And that was it. And he was starting to get ill because of it. He had issues with his bones and his joints. And I remember him telling us about going on a date with his girlfriend and taking her out and he said whereas most but again something you don't consider whereas most people you know you go out for maybe for a few drinks and then the next progression is let's go out for a nice meal because there's the concept of of romance and and, and it being kind of a nice way to connect i like the concept of romance either. do you yeah i do yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we must talk about that a bit more <laughs> <laughs> really yeah you took me for but anyway so yeah and uh, and, and then he, so he would eat 
chips before he left so that he wasn't hungry. And when he got to the restaurant, he actually had to say, look, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I'm just not hungry. So No, I'm, he didn't. I remember. He didn't like, used to say, I'm not hungry. because then, But then his girlfriend would say, well, what do you mean you're not hungry? And you know, So what he would say is, my mum made me made me dinner before I came out because so I didn't hungry. tell I was going out. Yeah. I was having a meal with you and I, I didn't want to offend her, so I, I've already eaten. Yeah, that's that what was he what said. Says. So he said, but I'll just have a plate of chips. Yeah. But that was his line then moving forward. I'll just have a... He, he always said... Always a plate of chips, now, yeah. obviously, he, he told his girlfriend in the end, but then he, that's how he would make excuses for it because he was so embarrassed about it and so ashamed. Yeah. Again, something we don't consider that, you know, we, we that whereas we're yeah. like, you know, oh, come on, let's all sit down, let's have a, have a meal. What if you've got that situation where you feel really embarrassed? Chips is always a go-to for a lot of people. It though, is, isn't, isn't it? it? So anyway, let me just read um, Chloe's message. But what's really interesting is that that no matter what that is, look, we're not, we're all born I've just with seen them. that message. I can't, I've not seen that before. I can't believe that she said, I nearly went blind because yeah. of that. Yeah, no, let me just quickly read it to you. So, wow. so she said, that what she actually said was that she had a phobia of eating food, that food frightened her. It, she said it causes her throat to flare up. She actually said, I feel I can't breathe. It causes me so many issues. I get like a phlegm in my throat. All I eat is rich tea biscuits, toast and chips. I nearly went blind because of it. Now, then she goes on to say that she's had lots of therapy, but that she feels like it's getting worse. It's going around in circles. So she messaged that and this was on Facebook. So I went back to her and I said, look... Any eating disorder, there is always, whether that's undereating, whether that's overeating, which I'd like to talk to you about a little bit more in a minute. You know, nobody's born with, you know, with any kind of a phobia around food or around textures or... Um, sorry, you can just hear them banging away there. Our roofers are like, we've not had a mention so <laughs> far this week. Yeah, what's us. going on? Um, do you know what, though? They're causing banging around up there. They're causing so How much dust. dust. I know. I, know. I, can... I was well, I said the same thing there. Yeah. Um, so I said, I went back to her on Facebook and I said, and I asked her to consider was there something that was possibly that was the start of it because we know that she you know she wasn't born with it she had said that it was she hadn't had it as a child so i wanted to understand what happened when it started what was going on in her life so i, I actually prompted her i said look have a think about things that were happening around that time any traumas anything orientated around food choking vomiting whatever anyway this is what she came back with so she said my eating is terrible i know it's definitely psychological it started 11 years ago i could eat anything before i definitely had a fear of being sick I had a sickness book and I wouldn't eat anything at all after recovering from that as I worried about being sick again. On hearing people being sick, which is something I still get scared and being sick or feeling sick. I lost my nan to cancer. It was around about then it started to really get bad. Plus, it could have also been because when my nan was ill, I saw her being sick. That did frighten me as she had cancer and it would just happen at any time without warning. Right, reading that straight away. So she's been diagnosed, she said, with ARFID. So she's been diagnosed with an avoidant food restrictive eating disorder, as it, as it, as it were. Yeah. But reading that straight away, I can see that it's actually not that at all. But she's obviously got a phobia by the sounds of it, a vomit. She's got a metaphobia. A metaphobia. And, and the fact is that the three foods that she eats, rich tea. Bland. Chips. Bland. And toast. Bland. Yeah. All so foods. she's fighting to being sick. Yeah, that's basically yeah. what it is. And that feeling in her throat that she talks about. And again, these are these are all, all symptoms of anxiety because what people don't realise is that I think a lot of people think anxiety just means that, you know, that, that you sort of, your heart starts beating and, and maybe your breath is, is kind of goes faster. But there's so much more that goes with anxiety. So either tightness of your throat, like a phlegm feeling in your throat, pupils dilate, um, you get hot, you might feel lightheaded, you might feel sick, you might need to go to the I, toilet. And, and some lesser known symptoms either there you know can be personal to you but ultimately 
anything that changes your feeling or physiology is, can be something related to that yeah. when you're faced with something that you're frightened of. So what, what's really interesting, because she said that she's been having therapy, but it's getting worse and I feel like I'm going around in circles. Well, the therapy's not working because it seems that they're working on the wrong thing. They should be working on the fact that she's got a phobia of vomit. So the question is, how did that start? And what came first? Because if grandma's ill health was first, but then that is potentially her starting point. And as we say, what you then do is you challenge that origin, that when it first started, what did you believe back then? So let's say it was because her grandma was unwell. She could have associated the fact... And I actually think it was probably she already had a metaphobia before this because she's, and, and, and seeing her now yeah, made it, it worse hell made it a lot yeah worse. and then obviously when she became ill had a tummy bug she didn't know obviously what she'd eaten so then she goes right well i need to avoid all foods that might make me sick and that's why now she's got such restrictions but what we all need to understand is that no matter what our behavior now whether that's overeating whether that's under eating whether that's food avoidance whether that's a fear of food number one there's always a cause and that is always something orientated around a trauma but and this is the big thing i think and something something that's overlooked what you've got to consider is when this started and bear in mind that everything we do even the mistakes we make at that moment there's always a positive intent behind it so the question is what was the positive intent to avoid foods what is the positive intent to avoid Brussels sprouts, for example? What is the positive intent of not wanting certain textures? So was it because you choked? Was it because you fear vomit? Was it because maybe you you were sick after eating a certain kind of food? Was it because of, of something that somebody said to you? I mean, and, and the thing about emetophobia, and this isn't exclusive to Chloe, that people with emetophobia, and she's not the first, I mean tend to stick to very basic bland foods so there's there's always more behind it and this is why her therapy hasn't been working and she's obviously feeling she's broken and that she can't she can't get over it but the actuality and the truth is that she can but you can't fix anything you know you can't fix a you can't fix a flat tire by tinkering around with the engine can you you've got to you've got to go to the source there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Look, you're looking very pensive, Mr. Yeah, Stephen. no, I was just thinking, it's funny you should mention a flat tyre. Oh, God. What's no, that? only because, no, it's not a joke. It's, someone sent me a photograph yesterday, and in the photograph, there was a guy at a garage, mm. he, jacked, he jacked his car up, taking the wheel off to put some air in one of the air machines. But he'd take the, he'd take take the wheel the, off the car... To put, to put air put, in the tyre in from yeah. the air machine. Yeah. No, we didn't. Honestly, well, sure. saw the photograph. So I don't know <laughs> if it was a joke, but it didn't. I mean, if it was joke, it you know it looked pretty real. Yeah. But it made, yeah, some people, effort, just, but some people just don't know, do no. they? And if you, you, don't know, you know. never, if you've never put air in a tire, you don't know, do well, you? Exactly, exactly. So positive intent. So, so when we look at things like overeating, for example, and again, think about uh, sat around the Christmas dinner table, sat with family, or or sat around a table with people when you're out on a business meeting or or friends, whatever it might be, and and you believe that you're very overweight. And we've, again, come across a lot of people who who are overweight, who have an eating disorder for overeating. But when it comes to going out and eating, they feel embarrassed because they feel that everybody's looking at them. Now, obviously, that's their insecurities and their worries, but they because they know that they're overweight, they think that everybody's looking at them back. I've actually heard comments eating. in the past where people have said, I just don't know how that person's so big because I spend a lot of time with them and they never seem to eat anything. Yeah. But that's but that's it. But that would then again suggest that they're overeating. Positive intent is some form of self medication, uh, which is why they're doing it privately and that they feel. And and that's really sad because, you know, you're not overweight by not putting excess amounts of food, you know, or eating an excess amount of food. So if you're not seeing it and you're hiding it, then there's a a, a bigger situation there, and that's something that that needs to be addressed. So so what's the final advice for Chloe then? Well, Cause... for Chloe, I would say to her that she really needs to um, to find what, what started it. What she needs to do is treat her emetophobia and look for the origin of that. And what emetophobia is a phobia of vomit, by When the she way. says that she was ele- did you say it started 11 years ago? Yes. So what happened 11 years ago and what was going on and what had she eaten and what caused that? Yeah. And, and, and put that into perspective. Yeah, and what, what, well, how was sick related? Because she's obviously got a phobia of vomit. And then what you do is with, with any of these But why was it vomit's fault? Exactly. Well, that's what you've got to look at, is that, so for, say, for example, this started because she had a tummy bug and she was very sick, then surely she shouldn't be blaming, be scared of vomit. She should be grateful to vomit because vomit will have alleviated some of her discomfort. It will have helped her to feel better. It would have got rid of any poisons or poisonous sort of, or, or foods that were off that were, and her body... What it was doing was actually 
trying to trying to save her. And it could be because we don't know all Chloe is, but she went out for a meal and had quite a few drinks or too many drinks. So it could be the alcohol that was a problem, but she's blaming food. Yeah, you just don't know. That but could but be the basically, case. you you try and you trace it back, and then what you actually do because what a lot of people do when they've got some sort of a, a food issue, they will give themselves reasons as to why they shouldn't eat it well i shouldn't eat that because it might make me sick or because i don't like the texture or because i'm scared of it so what you've got to actually do is do the other way and you've got to think of why well why should i eat it what's the benefits you know i used to eat this or i used to be able to eat it other people can eat it my parents can eat it and i know that it's not the food that's to blame or the vomit and and the actuality is is that if chloe was sick whatever she might have eaten that made her sick it was that particular same food she so let's say she had it from a particular restaurant just don't go to that restaurant again yeah. don't eat that kind of a food but everything else is absolutely fine but don't blame all food when it's not actually well hopefully that helps but a bit more investigation you can totally get off of that completely 100 completely yeah and we talk about that actually and emetophobia and and uh, all these sort of food issues because I, I remember doing a lot of research for them for our winning at weight loss book but you've got obviously then with things like we say about avoiding food, you've also got things like anorexia and bulimia and, and issues yeah. like that. And again, with, with things like anorexia and bulimia... It's not usually food problem, is it? There's no, always well, something. No, but can you... But I know, you know, I, I remember struggling when I was a young... When I was yeah. sort of in, in my late teens with an eating disorder. And I do actually recall that when it came to sort of family meals and things, that you'd I'd start to panic. I'd start to worry, what am I going to do? What am I going to eat? What am I going to say? I remember actually being invited out to a dinner and having to pretend that I had a bit of tummy ache and 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 it is it's really really stressful and again you know obviously we should never harm ourselves because in essence whether we overeat or undereat and it is a form of self-harm We're, and and why and the question is why you know why are we either you know punishing ourselves by overeating to make ourselves then not feel healthy and then we start to feel sad or why do we undereat, which again makes us feel sad and embarrassed and ashamed? But, and there's and, always, always, always a cause, and it's usually associated, actually, not because of the person, but because of a third party. Someone said something. Someone did something. Somebody at school said something mean. A boy or a girl said did something, or a love interest. Yeah. And and it, you know, because with me, I was um, the reason that that I started with an eating disorder is because I was in a relationship with somebody that was really unkind to me and made me feel very fat, ugly and inadequate. And so obviously I tried to, I tried to cheat as well. So I'm thinking, well, it must, it's me, it's me, not, you know, and I, and I took responsibility for that when actually it was nothing to do with me. I just happened to be dating somebody that was unkind and, and, and mean and a cheat. And I took responsibility for it. And, and, and really that's what we should consider. We shouldn't punish ourselves because of the wrong actions of somebody else. But, but if things start in childhood, we can, uh, we can make the wrong assumptions and then once you've done that, it can just carry on and you don't have to stop it. So, for example, I remember when I worked with that, uh, with that young girl on a TV show and she, she had anorexia and her mum said that she'd actually been hospitalised, being fed by tubes. Uh, and at one point they thought she was going to lose her because, you know, she, she was so... I think she'd gone out to three stone or something and she, she was... Uh, and they said they might lose her. She was devastated and she said, look, just please just eat something, but she wouldn't. And that all started, if you remember, her mum and dad were splitting up and she didn't, she didn't want her mum and dad to split oh, up. And she was only young. She thought, well, how can I keep my parents together? She realised that the only time her parents were united were whenever she was ill. 
So she made this decision to make herself ill because, well, how could she do that? So the only way she could figure out doing that was to stop eating, which is what she did. Her parents came together, they made a big fuss over her. She had all these hospital visits and, and everything, but that wasn't repairing the parents' relationship, but she just saw from a child's perspective that mm-hmm. it was working and then it carried on. But then she'd forgotten why she started it in the first yeah, place. Yeah, no, because I know what you're talking it. about. And I remember when we started talking to her at that time, we sort of said, look, there's a reason behind this. You went kind of on hunger strike for some reason with a positive intent and that's what we need to find and that's what we need to address. And, and even she didn't remember. It was only when we started to unpick, well, when did it start? When did you first become aware well, of it? That's an interesting way at looking at anorexia, saying, when did you go on hunger strike? Yeah, that is it. When you ask that question, you but, get more but, of a solution. But whether it's whether it is something like anorexia, whether it is because you suffer with obesity, overeating, one of the key components actually is to actually start to love yourself and to realise your self-worth because... Most times, the reason that we either self-medicate with food or we punish ourselves and self-harm by not eating food is because we have some sort of an emotional pain. The overeating or undereating, it kind of gives us some sort of a... It it fills a gap for us in some way. Yeah. Um, So moving forward, and if you've got some sort of an eating disorder, whether that is you know, any of the things that that we've mentioned, you know, like bulimia, like anorexia, like a food phobia, a food fear, whether that's some sort of a problem with textures or a fear that you're going to be sick, you know, anything, what you've got to understand is that you didn't start with this. And and, and I think, I I know that a lot of people that have approached us with this over the years, parents have said to us that, you know, well, they've never really liked a lot of foods and they've always been fussy eaters. Well, I don't entirely accept that. They may have started to be fussy and then the parent has given way to them. And listen, and this is no criticism. I think because, a lot of children well, are fussy. Well, I was I a fussy did, eater. And I, I, I did it myself with, with, with Liv. You know, she was our first child. <laughs> so I... I actually let her dictate what she did and didn't eat. And we got to a point with her where all she would eat was mashed potatoes and sweet corn. And that was a nightmare. Remember, we'd go on holiday and I'd have to take blinking tins of, of sweet corn. And then I mean, I'm going back 20, 22 years. And then there came a point when I was like, but, no, enough. But from I'm parents' parent. point of view, and I had the same when, when I was a fussy eater as a child, my mum was told, as long as he's eating something, that's fine. And this is another problem because... Well, it I, is. It is because you're getting confirmation that it's okay yeah. to carry on and, doing and, that. And a lot of people that come to see us now in clinic that have got the issues, they were always told, their parents were always told, don't worry, they'll grow out of it. And, and some don't. And then, because most, the, longer it goes, the longer it goes on, the harder it is to, then change, to start yeah. to change. Into, because even because when children are little, they are so receptive to reward the reward system like we did with Liv. And also pointing out to them how what their friends are eating because kids all want to be the same. So with Liv, what we did, if you remember, was with her cousins, we got, oh, look at you know your cousin, what a good girl she is. Look, she's eating that. Well done. Yeah. And we would, she, and she would see us. Um, Raising somebody else, she's like, I want a bit of that. Um, So it's a lot easier, actually. It's easier to take action when they're younger than when they're older. But even when, you know, when you're older, there are... The more, the more you unpick it and the more you start to challenge it and challenge it positively, the more likely you are to get over it. So, so I remember when I was a fussy eater, my mum hiding 
are hiding peas and under carrots. food and carrots. Yeah. Under, yeah. Kids are it's like, so It's like smart. you're not going to see it. It's so smart. Do you know, you can't see it's a different colour. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. So I think, so, so look, look, do a timeline, as we always say, and, and look back uh, to look for the potential cause of your overeating or undereating. And, and things to consider are, are you overeating because you're self-medicating? And if you are, then why? You know, what's happened in your life? What emotional pain are you carrying around that is making you having to self-medicate? So that, that could be because you've had a broken heart or because you've had a, a challenging an emotional childhood or that you feel lonely and you need some comfort um it could even be that you're bored i mean we we, we could have been culprits for that now and again we're you go on lockdown. holiday just lockdown. about a lockdown for starters yeah, yeah lockdown i put weight on a lockdown yeah. because it's like well I might as well. I was baking. I was cooking. Then so we were eating. I was cooking big big dinners because I had time to do that. But then there comes a point where you've kind of got to sort of think, oh, hang on a second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, is it because you've got too much time on your hands? And if that's the case, then find things to occupy yourself and, and consider the, the positive intent. And one other thing, final thing that I'd just like to mention here is also consider things like emulation. So did you start to overeat because you were being sociable, I guess, and eating with somebody else? Uh, or are you trying to emulate? Because a lot of people, um, so th- let's say, for example, you've got friends who all are trying to lose weight and you're trying to emulate those friends, then you too might go down that path. And also the other way, or, or, or the other way, if, if, you know, if your parents are overweight and ultimately they will, what they feed you as children is what, what you have then they can set you on the path of eating the wrong foods. But finally... And therefore you want to stick with that. But finally, I would say, listen, we've got, whether it's Christmas, whether it's birthdays, you know, if you've got a family gathering and you've got an issue with eating and around food, my advice would be speak to whoever whoever's home you're going to, speak to the, the host or hostess and explain that you've got some issues around eating. It's something that you're working on and people are really understanding if of course you, they are. if you try and explain and explain that you're going to look for help and and there are avenues of help so you know whether it's through our books whether it's through you know listening through the podcasts on our youtube channel whether it's going speaking to a therapist or your doctor everybody everybody can overcome issues no matter what they are no matter what your anxieties no matter what your fears no matter what your aversions you can be better and one thing that's important to do is use the timeline and I know when it comes to food, some people have said, yeah, because if you're not born with it, you don't have to live with it. But some people from an early age have been told that they can just be fussy, fussy eaters. Well, that's not the case. And actually, because I was a fussy eater as a child, it was so exciting discovering new foods. Mm. But one on one last point, Eva. Yes. I don't know if you know, what's the most popular Christmas wine? I don't know. I don't like Brussels sprouts. we will of course be back next week but in the meantime do hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app and if you've got a moment to spare and you don't mind doing a little something for us we would really appreciate if you could leave a review for our podcast making the change yeah we so enjoy reading your reviews so keep those coming or get in touch with us on facebook which is the speakman's official instagram at the speakman's or twitter the underscore speakman's uh, what can we help you to understand better what big changes are you hoping to make do use that hashtag making the change and we'll keep an eye out for your messages thank you to our super producer anushka tate for orion publishing limited and to you for listening until next time keep making the change Bye. Bye.
This podcast is not a substitute for medical or psychological intervention, nor is the content intended to replace therapy or medical help or advice. We would therefore always strongly encourage you to speak with your doctor or health professional about how you are feeling and also to inquire about counselling or therapy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.